Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 535. And boy, have we got a good one for you today. I'm going to keep this intro relatively short. In fact, problem is normally when I say that, they're really long. But it's because me and a today's guest went comfortably over the hour mark and just had a bloody wondrous time. I'm talking today with Stephen Ogg. A lot of you know a lot of you will know Stephen from The Walking Dead, from Westworld, from Snowpiercer, from Grand Theft Auto Five, and from Boiling Point, the new TV series of Boiling Point, which started last week, and it's fantastic. It's four parts. You will know that the short and the film both made my films of the year in respective years so I was nervous about the tv show because I really loved the short and the film and I kind of thought it ended perfectly do you know what I mean don't overdo it but I couldn't have been more wrong I've binged the whole series and it's just it's astounding um I actually talked to Phil Phil Barantini the director in a couple of weeks um and we get into that a lot I don't think me and Steve actually talk about boiling. I mean, we don't talk about the acting industry much. We talk a lot about just life, mental health, family, friends, and just loads of beautiful things. Again, as you will hear, this isn't the last time Stephen is going to be on the podcast. We talk about how we met, and yeah, we get into it. So there's going to be more of these to come, but this one's a really special one. I think, yeah, as you'll hear... You know there's certain people who you hear on this podcast and you think, well, they're going to be on regularly now, <laughs> like every year or something, and this is one of them. We are brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's where you can get my music and merch. It really helps when you guys support with the merch and whatnot. So if you're into that, then get over there. There's some really good stuff. I'm really proud of all the merch. Also brought to you by twitch.tv forward slash Pipyo. Is that what I am on there? I think so. I'm on there all the time, just chatting nonsense, hanging out. I did a stream the other day that was me breaking down music videos I've directed um, over the years. And all of them are available to watch anytime you want, actually. If you go to twitch.tv forward slash screwbyspeakbo, it's just a streaming site or an app. You can go on your on your desktop or on the app. If you click on videos and collections, in the collections there's a music section where we've got live gigs, we've got, as I said, breakdowns of um, of music videos, all sorts of good stuff. So go and sink your teeth into that. And we're also brought to you by patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip. That's where you can support the podcast for like a dollar or two a month. And you support me and you support Buddy Peace, who produces this week in, week out. We're coming on for, are we coming on for nine years or ten years? I think we're, yeah, either nine years or ten years which is insanity. In fact, this might be the nine this episode might be the anniversary. Obviously, we started 9 or 10 years ago with episode 2. <laughs> so we started with episode 2 all those years ago with Alan Moore. And yeah, we've put out an episode every week ever since. It's absolute madness. I couldn't be prouder of um of all of it, particularly the first episode, episode 2 with Alan Moore. Yeah, let's get into the podcast, shall we? Steve's wonderful. If you're not already aware of Steve, you're about to fall in love with him, but I'm sure you're already aware of him. In fact, if this is your first time tuning in, Stephen talks about some episodes he's enjoyed, including Paddy Considine, Stephen Graham 
being on multiple times, Kay Tempest being on multiple times. So yeah, feel free to go and check out some of those episodes. Again, if this is your first time, if you're just tuning in and you're in for actors, then I've had I've had Michael Fassbender, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Florence Pugh, Elena Heady, James McAvoy, directors. I've had Spike Lee. I've had Mary J. Blige on to talk about acting and music. Yeah, I've had a great mix of people. There's been there's been a lot of guests if this is your first time. So get stuck in, lads. And I use lads in a non-gendered manner. Get stuck in. Let's get on with the podcast. This is episode 535 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the wonderful Stephen Ogg. We've just r- rushed in because we were having a catch up and we're like, this should probably all be on the podcast. I'm joined today by Steve Ogg. How are you, sir? I am doing wonderful. It is wonderful to see you because it has been, how, when, when did we do our infamous meeting? Was it end of February or beginning of March? So we're looking at seven, eight months. I am horrible with time. This is yeah. something as we talk more, uh, you will discover that it could have been last week. It yeah. could have been a year ago. It could have been a month ago. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the forced Buddhism of the life I now lead that uh, I'm shit at time. And it's I not, I call it forced Buddhism because I don't always want to live in the moment. It's not always pleasurable, but that's, <laughs> so So the whole idea of like, when was it? And like, I knew it was last year because it wasn't, or was it this year? It was this year. It was this year. Yeah, it was this year. Case in point. But I have a similar thing in that if people ask me what I've been up to, like we've not seen each other in eight months. If you if you ask me what I've been up to, I know I've been busy. I can't really tell you. I can't really place what I've been doing or what I've been up to. I know a few things, but I always have that where I'm kind of just there's a vagueness of yeah because it is. It's all happening constantly. And I sometimes think like, is it this year? Last year? When did I do that? Like my my mother has always been the great keeper of any timeline because I realized like especially I'll send her interviews or things like this, like a podcast or things for her to listen to. Or, you know, the biggest thing for her is when I did the local CBC News or, you know, the the local small town TV show. Oh, my God, my son. Everything else doesn't mean a lot. But I like to send her stuff. And a lot of times she will. She's like, that's not the way it happened. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. that's not the that's not the year. So she's the one. She still is the, Mate, the one if I have to fact Mate, check, go to my mom. Imagine having a weekly podcast that your mom listens to. The amount of time she pulls me up on just misremembered stuff. She's like, oh, no, that's not like... You know, b- b- because I'm talking every <laughs> week about stuff. She'll be like, you know that's not what happened at that point. And you know that this happened then as well. I'm like, all right, no, okay. I've, I've kind of imagined it. So, yeah. I completely I'll correct myself. <laughs> I just did it recently on, it was like, a, again, a podcast a, a year ago. I, she, she actually happened to be here. So it would have been, we're trying to do like an annual bring her down in December time because mm-hmm. in Alberta, it's 35 below zero. Mm-hmm. Kind of a nice opportunity for her to be in, you know, not that she is a sun worshiper, but, you know, it's a little nicer here in California yeah. than minus 35. So we're trying to do this annually. So I, I must have been doing a podcast in December. And I was talking about, or, or an interview, whatever it was. But, you know, it's the typical, the backstory, right? The backstory of Stephen Ogg. How did you, how did you get to be the, ooh, Saudi. Oh, 
dog, dog gas. Dog gas. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but I just went, ooh, and he just looked up at me like, that was such a visceral reaction from you. I'm like, something's happened off camera. I don't... <laughs> Ooh. But uh, so they were asking about sort of the, the origin story, if you will. And I always said, now I got to make sure I have the correct story in my mind. Because I was always saying, when people say, what was your first performance? Or how did you get into acting? Blah, blah, blah. It was an elementary school. I dressed up as Betty Boop mm-hmm. in drag. So this is in whatever grade four or five. I'm not sure what age that is. But so, and you know, how did you get to why? And I was like, I have no idea. I do not remember. And this continued for years until last, must've been last December on a press thing or an interview or whatever. I went down because I was introducing them to my mom. I said, my mom's here. Here she is. And I said, mom, I'm talking about the Betty Boop, how I started performing. And I immediately got the love of performing. And I said, it's just weird how I just started it because my mom and dad aren't in the arts. They're not necessarily typical, stereotypical, creative, you know, everyone's got their creative thing. And she said, no, 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 no. That was uh, Mrs. Prasso's idea, your kindergarten teacher. Oh. So I've kind of been taking the credit my whole yeah. life. Like, yeah, I'm just a you, creative genius. You had genius. this big creative moment and it was just your teacher at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, thanks, mom. We all steal from someone, I guess, right? Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, you know, as as (laughs) I always say. But I mean, I want to talk about your past. I want to talk about your future. I want to talk about your present. I want to talk about how we met. But I want to start with just seeing how you are today, man. How are you? How's your morning been? I know you've been for a dog walk and you've done, you seem to have a, a nice routine to start in your days. How important is that? Well, and I have to say from the get-go, because just before we started recording, and, we, and we'll get into all of it, but I was just about to give some high praise to you. <laughs> you because, go ahead, you go ahead. So I know, that's why I'll, <laughs> I'll speak really clearly into the recording device here <laughs> yeah. so we make sure we don't miss a fucking beat. I mean, obviously, it's, it's so nice when you can, I'll say fall in love with a person first. Like, again, we'll get into how we met. Yeah. First of all, maybe one of the biggest, longest men's group text in history dare I say. It's pretty intimidating, but it's beautiful. But I don't know anyone else that has this (laughs) men's group text like we do. Yeah, Very beautiful, very inspiring. But we met and on this weekend, uh, I mean, it was you and it was essentially our brotherhood, the Lodge of Brotherhood, I think we are named, right? Yeah, Yeah. the Brotherhood of the Lodge. The Brotherhood of the Lodge. It's a very dramatic name. I love it. Of course, as we all are. It's rather fitting. But it it was really beautiful. And so obviously to get to know you, as we all got to know each other on a mm. whole different level, especially for like myself, a first time for really the majority was such a beautiful thing. So that was like, sort of like, oh, I love this man. This is a good man here. Speaking of you, even though I'm looking at myself on Zoom, I'm speaking about you. <laughs> um, and so, and then of course, then getting to know, like, cause then I went into your podcast and, mm. and listening to that, which is what I do on part of the morning routine with Sutton. You know, I wanted to hear Stephen Graham and, I, and then I, you know, Patty, who I'm a huge fan of and or yeah. Tempest, yeah. right? Because I'm a huge fan of yeah. Kate Tempest. So you did with that. And then listening to it, it's such a wonderful podcast. It's so wonderful to listen to because it's, A, I love smart, creative people and you are both of those. 
And certainly all the ones I've listened to have been smart, creative people. Many of those I admire. Some I have, I don't know of, which is even better. But you just do a great job on the podcast. So to to admire someone for who they are, your core, just what you bring to, to life was beautiful. And then it was exciting to discover your creativity and artistry because I didn't know that first. I knew you yeah. first. Mate, it's one of my favourite things and it's kind of how me and, and Stephen Graham got so close was we were working on a show together and he knew of my music career but didn't know I'd done like a book and done like and was doing this podcast and all these other weird things I do but I'm not one to shout about myself. As you'll hear hopefully from the podcast, I'm excited to hear about other people and to talk about other people. I'm not one to kind of go, here's who I am. So it was a beautiful thing that when me and Stevie were working on Taboo, and I've had this on numerous shoots, as the shoot goes on, we've all become friends and they're gradually, either they stumble upon a music video or they stumble upon the podcast or these other things. And it's all this stuff. It's nice to have that to remember because I very much, as you were saying about living in the moment, since moving into acting, I genuinely forget that like I spent 10 years touring as a musician i've played la vancouver all the places that we've mentioned right. today and then all, all the other things because the thing i'm focused on and excited about is the thing that's obviously going to fill my heart right so i'm going to be right. so focused on acting and writing and di- and all these these different things so yeah it's always a genuine surprise when someone's like i came to like i've, I've been on sets where i've worked with someone for ages and then a month in they're like i came to see you play in Manchester like eight years ago. It's like, oh shit, I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know we had this previous connection. So it's a beautiful thing. It's so great. But it makes you you a a wonderful conversationalist, which makes for a wonderful podcast because I'm, you know, I'm sure you've heard some and I don't listen to it like I'm not a regular podcast listener Mm. or anything like that. But you know, there's ones and, you know, not to name names, but I know like when my lady and I drive up to Northern California. It's a six-hour drive. So that's usually, you know, let's let's listen to a podcast or yeah. usually starts with a guest I admire or someone that I want to listen to. And there are some that, uh, you know, there's the star-fucking ones, mm-hmm. which are quite evident. And then there's the ones that are, yeah, it's like, okay, I, I'm talking about the host. It's like, okay, I, I get it. I understand you've done that. Yeah. Sort of right to the opposite yeah. point of what you're saying. It's like, no, you're yeah. you're all about who I'm talking to and and getting into them. And that is completely how your podcast is, which for me is very engaging because you hear that you're about someone else yeah. as opposed to, oh, and did I, you know, did I mention this? And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I know you're funny. I know you're witty. I know you're, I know you've worked with everyone. I know you're great. Fucking great. Yeah. But how about your guest? Yeah, you I know? get it. I so, get it. And I appreciate the, 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 those words, man, as I said, I really feel, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that weekend away because we were in a similar situation where I only knew a couple of the people there. I'd, I'd only met St- Stephen and Rob and Dan prior to that. So, so many people were new, but it was such an intense weekend. Was was Rob in Taboo as well? Yeah, See, Rob was in Taboo. Yeah. I met Rob on, on Taboo. And I was invited on this weekend quite last minute. So, to not go into huge detail about what necessarily the weekend was put together for but a lot of the people there had been through some shit recently i'd just gone through a really hard hard breakup and stevie was like i've arranged this thing come along and there's 
shamanic journeying and a sweat lodge and all these things, all stuff that I've never done before. I've never done anything like it, but it was with you, Stephen Graham, a lot of Stephen's family and friends, basically Phil Barantini, who did, who you, who you've worked with on Boiling Point. I want to talk about that a whole load and Rob Parker and these just, yeah, these amazing people. And it was so, it's so rare to meet that many people when everyone feel like they genuinely connect. And as you say, eight months on, our group chat suggests it was a real connection. It wasn't. And again, you'll know from these industries that there's a lot of connections that seem real at the time and then aren't. This is one that we're all engaging every day in in some way. You know, that and, chat and is moving and going every day. And we still and, share every day yeah. and, and just like checking up every day. Like when someone needs a little, you know, you're okay, you're going to be okay. Uh, it's yeah. there and it, and it is this really wonderful place that we all have to return to and and to uh, to share at and yeah it's i mean incredibly special and it's uh it, it resonates and, and it's beautiful and it was, it was incredible yeah. yeah i mean i didn't know obviously i knew phil and his brother and alex and steven but like his dad and i like that to me was you know that that started mine it didn't hit me until sunday but when when Mike and I went to the, what was it? The castle in town? Not the castle, but that house. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, Whatever yeah. that was. It's like a, almost a temple, isn't it? It's the, yeah. Yeah. Another one you made. Yeah. And it was so beautiful, but it was sort of like, I, you know, I like to, which gets to my morning routine that we'll, we'll circle back to at some yeah. point. But it's, um, it was just like, I like to kind of wherever I am. And it was interesting. Sarah, my girl, said this the other day. She because I was because you don't any place is kind of good for you. You seem to, and it's not about making the best of it. I guess it is, but I'm just like I'm not a natural. I guess I am a life lover, but I've been in the fetal position enough in my life. Mm. Fetal position just being you know darkness, pain. You know, it's not the best place to to live your life. Yeah. So I I make choices. And one of my choices I make is to, if wherever I am, I find what I need to feel good, yeah. which includes my morning routine as much as possible. But it also includes milking the teat out of where I am. So just yeah. because everywhere has fucking cool shit. Like, I've, I've, I've been so lucky traveling the world. But when I go to town, some people are like, oh, I fucking hate that town. Or even like Manchester, right? Like shooting there for three months and people are like, oh, you know, oh, Manchester. Well, first of all, I loved it. I had the best time there. But also mm-hmm. wherever I am, I discover my things. I yeah. discover what I need. And so like when we did that that morning, I was like, I just want to hit this crazy looking temple. I'm not checking my text, by the way. I'm making sure the recording is still happening. No, that's good. That's good. Just in case you see me looking down. And going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just want to yeah, keep yeah. it. I know there's a way to turn off the go to sleep mode, but let's not get into that because that's going to fucking cause a big delay. We're good. We're good. This is going to work. <laughs> but yeah, so Mike and I had to do that in the morning and it was just like, I didn't know Mike, but then we, you know, were going through and it was, it's interesting because it hit me on Sunday, what that yeah. meant. Mm. It's not like Mike and I had a big talk, you know, we were just doing this thing. But then I realized the whole father son thing, you know, my father is no longer my father. My father has dementia and he's had it for six years. And that's just, you know, death by a thousand needles. Love him the same, but he's not my dad. He's, yeah. he's this. So it was so, I felt like. I couldn't do that with my father anymore. So, yeah. and all that hit me on Sunday. Things like that were were incredible, and like the cold plunge, and it wasn't just the experience of what we did, which was fucking intense at times. Yeah, but I felt the emotion, be it the tears, the laughter, 
the cold plunge, the eating that fucking wiener pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was on this sort of this equal level. Mm. Like there was, it was so interesting. A group of men, especially like if you were to probably look at this group of men, you'd definitely be like, I, you could see people judging in a sense, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I mean, you have a very distinct look. Rob doesn't necessarily look like a, you know, vulnerable and there's, you know, crazy hair. Me, like everyone has their thing. Yeah. There was no judgment. Like I said, it was all on this beautiful level. And that's what hit me was it was such a mix of people. And again, it to be clear, it wasn't a bunch of actors. There were there were people no. there who work on building sites. There were people who, yeah. who who arrange truck drivers and all sorts of stuff like that. So it was a real mix of just working class people. But again, that kind of weekend that is about openness and honesty and spirituality and all that kind of thing, that kind of thing can People can turn their nose up to that so easily. So to have of course, all this group of guys who don't know each other all go into it so open and, and welcoming was, was a beautiful thing. And I had very similar things. I cried on, on, on Mike's sh- shoulder on the Sunday because seeing the relationship that Stevie and his dad have oh. really, really motivated some things with my dad. And me and my dad have got a great relationship anyway, but it's those things that you get to see and go oh, we can talk about this or we could maybe investigate this. And yeah, that kind of thing's just, yeah, it's amazing, right? That's what hit, hit, me, hit me Sunday the most with that because I think yeah. that's when I, Saturday I was, even when I was talking to Sarah, my, my girl after, and she was surprised to hear I wasn't like bawling all the time because I, I, I cry a lot. I, I'm not shy yeah. about crying um, any more than about my anger. I'm just emotionally, for better or for worse, quite, can be quite raw. Sunday was when it hit me, and I think a lot of that was because seeing Stephen and and, my, and seeing and then Stephen's son too, like this generational thing. And I was like, yeah, because I'll never be able to do that with my dad. That's yeah. gone. And you accept it and surrender to it. But it was, uh, yeah, Sunday was the biggest emotional day for me. And fuck yeah, it was, it was so beautiful. It was beautiful. <sighs> How are you with um, that side of your life? With your dad, because I've seen some beautiful videos. It was quite soon after we were out there that I think you went and visited your dad and spent some time with him. And it was really beautiful to see. One of my best friends is going through a similar thing with his mum having dementia. And again, it's obviously we don't know what we're capable of, but I don't think there's many things in life that astound me more than seeing people like my mate Chris and people like you just really embracing it and again i guess we deal with what comes at us but again things like that just seem like the scariest thing in the world but how are you with it all are are you okay are you in a good place and how's how's your dad i mean again it's sort of this forced buddhism because you know i it's different like my sister who who lives there in in calgary and as does my mom now my sister has to deal with it all the time obviously my mom having been married for 60 years seeing your partner go through this they would have much different perspective on it Mm -hmm. i sort of left home if you will at 17 so i was always i was always sort of missing my family especially when i was younger like the first five years were not easy on me Uh, just because every time i'd come home to like pack a suitcase to travel somewhere else in the world it was always tough because I never needed to leave home. I was gonna, I'm a mama's boy. I was like, yeah, I assume I'll live in the basement till I'm 40. 
you know, it wasn't like I had to get out and like, I got to go see the world. Fuck this small town. Fuck my family. It wasn't like that at all. What was it that had you traveling at that point? It was actually thanks to my dad. My father was never, this is how we fix a car, son. Or this is how we throw a ball. Hmm. I didn't have that. My father worked his ass off in a job he pretty much hated. I think, you know, it wasn't a factory job, but it might as well have been because it was that same kind of nine to five grind, clock in, clock out. But my father was so, and this is what I do miss about him. So how am I doing? I, I obviously miss my dad a lot because he was such an incredible listener. Didn't give like advice per se. Didn't have these wonderful things that he would impart upon me. Never did that. At one point, I got, I remember almost threatening to hit my dad. This was at a shit point with me. And it was when he was still, this was, you know, yeah. I don't know, let's say 15 years ago. And I was going through shit and I was getting angry with him. And he's, he was always very, I'd say, unemotional. Like he, mm-hmm. my mother and I are the drama. <laughs> Spaz, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, fuck it, smash, smash. I love you. Bye. What was that? You know? Um, my dad wasn't, I remember I was getting so angry and I was like, you know, what do I got to fucking do to make you feel or respond? Mm. You know, I was like, do I got to fucking hit you? I was like, and I, and I look back on it like that, that, that's not the way to do it, Stephen. But you know, uh, young and dumb, you say stupid shit, but my dad was just very even. Uh, mm. but what he gave me and what I miss is, is the reason I traveled and started my journey, sort of my Dostoevsky Buster Keaton journeys, you know, the darkness with the jackass was, he said, go, you'll always have school. You'll always have work. If you wanted to, like you have an opportunity and I would not have left at 17 to go to, I mean, I went to Toronto for the summer and then I went to uh, essentially move to Italy Wow! and I didn't return to school and I wouldn't have done that. I was happy to return to school and get a degree and absolutely nothing. That would not have done anything for me. Mm-hmm. But he, he encouraged that without really doing much than saying, just go do it. So it's, it's the forced Buddhism thing of, you know, in the moment, I'm happy now. Like, I'm happy seeing you. I'm happy catching up with you. I'm happy talking, which we sort of talked about this. And there's days where it hurts. Mm. It just hurts. And um, when you have a good cry or you think about stuff, but I never get too far ahead. Like, I know he's going to go, but also we're all going to die. Doesn't mean I'm the expert on, well, I, I wouldn't be afraid to die because I've lived my life to its fullest, all of that shit. Yeah, there's truth to it. But like I sometimes think of people that have lived with a sickness and with mm. such dignity. And I mean, we have so many examples of, of artists that have, have quietly gone through dying without people knowing until they just die. And then yeah. it's like, whoa, uh, Gore Downey from The Tragically Hip, one of my heroes, he had a brain tumor. They cut some out. Then they basically said, we can do treatment, but this is, this is it for you. And this, he was at 52. He was, he was still young. What did Gord decide to do? Let's take the Tragically Hip, which is a very Canadian band that just really is just Canada's band. And uh, said, we're going to do a, a sort of farewell tour. So they did a 10-city tour. And I went to see it. I went flew back to my hometown, 20,000 people. And on their final date in Kingston, Ontario, where they're from, it was streamed over across Canada and holy fuck, Pip, to see stadiums and then across the Canada, people 
People can't yeah. see this, but look at the goosebumps. Yeah. Monkey hair coming up was bawling. This man chose to sort of go out with, hey, I'm celebrating my life and how blessed I am. And he passed. And it's like, I, I, so I talk about some of these strengths, yet I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I might be the guy who every day is like, hey, everybody, I'm dying. I'm, everybody, give me some love. <laughs> yeah, Tell me yeah, I'm great. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if I could be so graceful. It's beautiful, though. I think it's really interesting, our relationship in the Western world with death. And it's only been highlighted in recent years to me that we have such a strange relationship with death what like when someone dies the body is rushed away as quickly as possible and hidden and we don't see anything and then the the big important moment is when it's put into the ground and it's and with with saying goodbye whereas in other cultures you spend time with the body or bodies are on display in general in in life there's a great uh, book by an author called Hayley Campbell one of the things and she spoke to loads of different people in the industry of death and one of the things that the experts seemed to say was they feel, or a few of the experts feel, that we should all see a dead body at some point, like early in our lives, because it's really confusing that the first dead body we tend to see is someone we love. Because mm. there's a lot of strangeness about a dead body anyway. So adding the emotion and 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 the sadness really oh. makes it a strange and confusing thing. Like there's... There's cultures in the East that every year they dig up the body of their of their lost person and they reclothe them and they put hats on them and all this stuff and they spend a day with the body. And you watch it, you watch the ceremonies, I think that sounds absolutely insane. It's like, it sounds insane because of what we know. Sure. Like, if that's all you've ever known. Where, where does that take place? Where is that? I'll send you a link. I can't remember off the top Please of my head. Do. Me and my brother have watched a few different things. It's weirdly, it's this guy... M- my brother watches who travels a lot of Asia. It's essentially a cookery show. He goes to a lot of the real far reaches of Asia to, to learn okay. their meals and traditions. But while he's there, he'll often learn about their relationship with okay. death, their relationship. So it's with like an Anthony Bourdain everything. show, one of those traveling. Yeah, it's it's really things. good though. It's really good yeah. shit. It's uh, I I, again those. the first time I was told about it, I was like, it's a white dude going out there and being all spiritual and finding this thing. But then you watch it and it's, it's really well done. He doesn't go to the touristy places. He embraces these and they embrace him because of, of his approach. But yeah, I'll definitely I'll find out and I'll, I'll send that to you. I would love to see that. But again, that's the beauty of travel. But also, yeah, with death, how, how have we not... Like, I remember when my, my granddad in England passed and, and it was, you know, was, my, my mother and I don't think... Well, maybe I shouldn't say in case, in case I said with this podcast, but it's it's been, it was very difficult for her to deal with uh, her father passing away. And then again, I'm not an expert. I'm not saying I could deal with it better or differently, but I remember going over there on the plane. I, who knows where I was living at the time, but I was far enough away for a journey. And my first sort of, because growing up in Alberta and I used to, and in Vancouver, I, I, I read a lot of Sun Bear, which was ironically our Anthony who did the 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 uh, our practice the, the mm-hmm. shaman yeah when i was looking at our wheel i was like where do i know this from and i realized oh i used to read this indigenous author sunbear right and he go he goes that's who i read this is what it's based on is the medicine wheel from sunbear oh that's amazing yeah so i used to be very much more uh into 
I like, you know, my tattoo is, is all Bill Reed. It's all the Canadian culture yeah. of going on there. But so they, they approached death quite differently. And then when I was flying for my uh, granddad's, I think I was going to see him maybe when he was in the hospital, but I read the Tibetan book of living and dying. Mm-hmm. But all these things is like, we're born and we know we're going to die. And whatever that ridiculous expression, there's two things we know in life, you pay taxes and you die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, whatever. It's more about how were we not educated more or taught? I mean, they say, well, you you teach someone to die by teaching them how to live. However you want to put it, it's a shame that I think we can't be a little more educated on death because we know it and it's something we all fucking go through. I I feel really lucky that in my family or with my mum in particular, we've always openly discussed death. Like I, I know when my first album came out, a lot of the reviews were like, good, but said it's quite morbid. And I was like, oh, is this morbid? B- because I've got loads of songs about fucking death and suicide. Because and like, I'm like, well, that's just what we discussed. And it's fascinating. It's interesting. It wasn't until the out- r- reviews started to come in going, it's quite dark, isn't it? I was like, oh. Isn't it funny? <laughs> oh, that's dark, is it? I'm, 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 I'm different, am I? Okay, I, I see. Okay, that's fine. So yeah, that's a, that's like a that regular conversation for me. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, why, why do you exactly. find that bizarre? It's like when people say, "Oh, you're you're so intense" or whatever. It's like, no, this is just I love my I love the focus. But um, you know? I, thirty minutes in to get back to my first question, let's talk about your morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking on track. I love yeah, a podcast are. that takes six hours. Yeah, it's a journey. Yeah. Okay, morning routine. Yeah, sorry. And Pip, you can just say, come back, come back, come back. No, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You know I'm loving okay. this. Morning morning routine. And again, this is a morning routine that, like I talk, because, you know, I get a lot of people or I get, you know, oh, I just, you, you live your best life or these kind of comments. I'm like, listen, this is not, I'm not born with this. This is mm. a work and discipline. I can't rely on creativity all the time or inspiration because that that can come and go. But what I can do is have discipline. That can be something I can rely on to keep my because uh, I'd rather be acting every day. I'm in a different place in my life when I act. I'm a just for better, or for worse, a better human being. I can deal with stuff differently. I can just handle and process my life better when I'm being creative, when I'm acting. So. Getting back to the uh, the original question, Pip. <laughs> focus, focus, Stephen. Fucking nightmare. Is I do it because I need to keep my head a certain way. It's not yeah. always going to be that way, but my morning routine is so that ideally I can keep my head at a good place. That's mental health wise. Either I don't have the darkness and the depression I, I have had in the past. That came through work, through therapy, through time through all of these other things. But my morning routine is so important. I woke up this morning and honestly, and we just got home. We were in Vancouver for the weekend and I had my own like OGG IPA that and made there for charity. Yes, and it was a weekend. And it was really, and it tasted so good. And I was so that the brewmaster, I was like, bless you because we'd only had one meeting. Told them on it. Anyway, and the design of the cans was beautiful. Lovely weekend. Get back home to my boy here. Lying behind me, my little shadow now. And we're so blessed with this, our home. Feels so good. So why did Stephen wake up a little, I don't know. Like, and I mean, just a little, like I just felt a little off. And and I wake up sometimes with like, I don't know, maybe it was something I saw the day before. Of, you know, maybe it was this seeing something about the strike yesterday or how they 
the SAG after hasn't uh, there's no date to renegotiate to talk mm. with AMTP or whatever it was. I just woke up a little, you know, a little fuck. So the morning routine first, it's got to be my bottom of coffee. Not everyone's cup of tea because it's quite strong. So I have my morning bottom, about two and a half cups of coffee and something creative. Usually it's a book I'm reading. Could be an art book. It, it's something creative that I, I enjoy. And if it's mm. a book I'm reading that I'm not really into, I'll pick up something that I love. That's, so that could be you know, Francis Bacon, or it could be uh, what a Nick Cave book that I got, or, or just something that's inspiring to me, like mm. some good words. It has to be something. It's usually word-based. So that's my sort of initial, and I sit outside, and it's just quiet time. Me, coffee, words, or art. Okay, that, that's, that's sort of my, okay, buddy, that feels good. Ironically enough, after my bodum, uh, it depends how strong it is, but, you know, the palms are sweaty, mm, a little. <laughs> Sarah always knows how much beans I've used based on <laughs> if I'm, hey, hey, like I'm all, hey, 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 fancy. Ironically enough, I then go into doing yoga, 30 minutes to an hour depending on what I have going on. Because I like to do it either sunrise, sun coming up or around that time, because then I got to get buddy boy here out for a walk. And that can be an hour to an hour and a half, depending where I take him. And then I like to come home and I spin. So I'm sort of broken bodied that I'm down to yoga and spinning uh, on the Peloton, which is, it can be tough because I'm not a big like, he's your best life. Climb that hill and you'll climb for your, like, and sometimes the music can be downright fucking horrible. Yeah. But I blast through because when I'm finished with it, I, like, I, I sweat like it's disgusting. I have towels around me. That's why I don't do classes because I'm just too self-conscious. I literally, it's, it's, it's incredible, but it just all, everything gets flushed <laughs> and I get that's part of my high. And so that's my morning routine. So I love it. When I am working, God forbid, acting or something like that, or if I have anything to actually do that day, that might mean, you know, if I had like a seven, let's say I actually had a job uh, (laughs) or a call time, God forbid, and it was at like 7 a.m. I mean, I sometimes will get up at five to at least do maybe only an hour of yoga or 30 Mm. yoga, 30 spin. That's my, I need to have a portion. It doesn't always have to be that long. That's when I have the time. But those those things are my my morning ritual. And when I don't do them or do however much time I have time for, I'm definitely like that. I woke up with that, whatever that shit was yeah. I had this morning. And I even said to Sarah, I was like, I'm worried about talking to Pip. Like I was excited to talk to Pip, Pip. But I was like, because oh, I'm in a bit of a bit of a fucking mood today. Yeah. And I don't want to go off on shit. Yeah. That then people will judge or like, ah, he's all fine. I was like, but I did my spinning and I got rid of it so that, you know, I still have lots I could <laughs> say, but I don't feel that, you know? I love it, man. And I think people are very quick to prioritize a job or prioritize work or prioritize things that they don't necessarily enjoy. And they're more reluctant to prioritize what's important for you as a human and as a person. There's an album, actually. This is kind of an offshoot. I think you'd really enjoy called 
prioritize pleasure. It's by a, a singer called Self Esteem, who I think you'd I think you'd enjoy. But just as a phrase, I think it's really important, and it's something that we've moved away from in our societies. Again, in the sixties and seventies, I know in the UK, I believe in America as well, people were aiming to get towards a three day weekend. Like that was a goal. That was a thing because l- leisure yeah. had some weight and priority. It was seen that for a balanced life, we need to have our, our leisure and our pleasure and what fulfills us, as well as our work and what you know drives us and motivates us and all this. And we've moved away from that so heavily. To and we saw it in the pandemic. So many people just, I'm not working. I don't know who I am or what to do. And it's like, well, spend this time. F- finding that i mean actors more than anyone actors more than anyone i'm not on set who am i it's like yeah that's a dark thing to have to encounter but it's an important thing to have to encounter i've definitely had that as someone who has been scroobius pip for far longer than i was ever david meads imagine the cry the, the, the crisis of character where i'm suddenly going well if i'm not working and i'm not doing anything public am i still who i think i am or am i someone playing it you know all of these things and right but i think that shit's important i think that shit's absolutely key to our lives right i've unfortunately not worked as much as i've wanted to so i've literally had to do this i know myself more than i know myself as the actor because yeah. i just i haven't worked a lot i mean i want to take a moment to, to say that you're in at least four of my favorite sh- sh- shows of all time so w- when you've worked you've worked fucking good <laughs> Because we're looking at Walking Dead, Westworld, Snowpiercer, Better Call Saul, and we and that's not even getting into GTA, one of the most important games of. Uh, but of those are time. those are bits. Aside yeah, from GTA, moments, which is they? probably the biggest, they're moments, and it's always interesting. Like Better Call Saul, we hoped I could do sort of the appearance every season, or at least the last season, because mm-hmm. I appeared, you know, first as the I think I had a mustache, and then I had the big beard, mm-hmm. and then we were going to do like a shaved head when I was in Snowpiercer, because I was completely bald. I thought that'd be fun. But I was in Canada with the pandemic. I couldn't, two weeks quarantine each side. It wasn't going to happen. But yeah, and it's not saying I'm not grateful for these roles. And, you know, when we get into talking more about the business and acting and stuff, I fucking love what I do. I love to act. Again, going back to Betty Boop, I love to perform. I just love it. it, I love the craft of it. I, I studied it. I read all about it. I just... I, 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 I love to do it. But even these big shows, you know, Walking Dead, maybe work twice a week, three times, mm. and then off for two weeks. Mate, I mean, like, speaking, was Snowpiercer in Vancouver? Right. Yeah. Because I'm sure, yeah. I wish well, I, I wish we knew each other then, because I was shooting a yeah, show called you were Debris. There. I was shooting a show called Debris for NBC in, in Vancouver at that point. And the, I think the longest stretch I had was six weeks where I wasn't called to set. And I'm in isolation in an Airbnb on my own. And as you say, can't fly home because of two weeks quarantines either way and all this kind of thing. So, yeah, I completely understand. Like, it's looking back, it's maybe my favourite job I've ever done because it was the first one where I really got to have real input on the character. You know, I wrote a scene. We really, me and the showrunner just, it was it was everything I've dreamed of moving into acting. I'd never had that before as I'm I'm newer to it all. But at the time, it was fucking hell in places because the the fucking isolation and the loneliness and the being away from your loved ones and Christmas and New Year not really having any meaning because you can't go home, you can't really socialise because as you'll know as well, 
so many productions were sh- shutting down because people were being yeah. too lax and too casual and this kind of thing. So we we got into trouble a couple times with because yeah. you know we're all on set, but we're also all like, where are we going to hang out today? Yeah, whose whose house? Like, yeah. where can we sneaking go? around? Because we're all tested, so we're all like we're yeah. the ones in the line of fire. So it's yeah. like we all know if someone's positive, they're, we're not going to hang out with them. Yeah. But it was like I had actually. And people, when they were like looking at my Instagram, they were like, you're in quarantine? I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I quarantined smart, man. I didn't do some shit ass apartment dark place. I'm like, that's your choice. I chose a place in Victoria that was a house Amazing. on the ocean yeah. with a wow. huge backyard with no neighbors. It was just an isolated plot right on the ocean. So Sot and I had my dog. I had a local brewery that would deliver. I realized at that point, I don't know if this is such a good thing, but they would deliver beer to the front porch. Yeah, this is amazing. So I'm, I'm getting beer delivered. I got my dog. I'm on the ocean. I'd do cold plunges. I would do an hour or two of yoga by myself. I'm just like, and I was going, I was working with this trauma therapist at the time, which was pretty interesting working with a trauma therapist. And, uh, it ended up not working out for me, which we, we we parted amicably, and I still love and respect him dearly, but it was triggering for me, which is ironic mm. that a trauma therapy, but he's like, this can happen for you. Mm. Everyone's different, and this works for some people. Obviously, it doesn't work for you. It's like medication, right, or whatever one needs to take. It's like, mm, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. But I was like, let's keep this quarantine up, man. <laughs> I'm in it for like six weeks. Yeah. I was like, this is the best. Don't have to deal with things. Oh my God. Like I, and I was just reading, had a crap, like a big fire going. Yeah. I was just like, this is, this is great. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, well, I mean, we need to get some industry talking at some point. And one thing I want to talk about, because when this podcast comes out, I think the first two episodes will have been out over here. Boiling point. I said, mm. this is kind of why we met because of you, yeah. you were working with Stevie and Phil and everyone on 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 Boiling Point. Yeah, how was that to be part of? I've 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 watched the first two episodes and I'm astounded how because I was worried. I loved the film and I was like, yes. is this going to translate into a series? If we remove the one shot nature of it, is it going to still have that edge and energy? It fucking 100% does and 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 then really? some so yeah it's amazing see because I still haven't seen it I Phil you know I, I was like send me he's going to send me the links so I'll bug him again today saying the, where are the links the ones Phil? I've seen have been a, a, yeah astounding how, how was how did that come about how was that to work I, I come you, in and were you three, a fan of the, so yeah once yeah. once I come in maybe it'll start to the bar it's only going to go it's somehow. only going to go higher and higher did you know the story about how that all took place how I no. came into it no because okay. it's just this is probably one of my favorite things that I've done because of the organic and beautiful nature with which it happened. Mm-hmm. And it's also the path that I've been on recently. That path being reaching out because I'm still grinding away. You know, I'm I'm only 32. I know I look a little older, <laughs> um, but uh, I still feel like I'm 16, man. And I'm still like grateful for projects. My hand on my heart, yeah. you know. Everyone relax. It's not that I'm not grateful, but this hand is the same as when I was in my teens. I'm still reaching. Either I feel like there's, I have not even gotten to the work I want to do or yeah. to be at. 
That doesn't mean I'm not grateful. Doesn't mean I don't appreciate. It just means I'm still grinding away. I'm still fucking trying to get work. I'm still trying to, I don't have quick side note of something I saw on Instagram with some actor who I won't name, (laughs) even though again, earlier I would have, if you would have caught me before the spinning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd be fucking dropping names and fuck this, fuck that. Who was talking about how they, um, they decided that, you know, their career was not going, they were working all the time, but it wasn't what they wanted to be doing. So they decided that they wanted to do a different sort of, like a drama. We'll use Mm -hmm. like they want to do dramatic movies just because they needed that. They were never taken seriously for that. So they had to make a strong choice. And that strong choice was to turn down all the adventure films and the sci-fi and the romantic comedy. And this actor's listing all these things. And I'm sitting there going, fuck you. You know how many people don't have those? I I don't have a list of things. I don't have a desk here of opportunities. I'm grinding. I'll do romantic. I'm sure Uh, you want to do a musical on one leg. Sounds great. I don't have all these options. I'm still grinding away. So anyway, to get back to my morning routine. (laughs) um, we uh, So with with this, I, I like to reach out. Even though we know each other, I, I, I messaged you too when I'd heard your first podcast and say thank you mm-hmm. because it was so wonderful. Books, I do this with a lot of authors now. I did it with actually with uh, Warren Ellis. Mm-hmm. Warren Ellis with a, I either post something on a story of like, oh, this inspired me, song, book, movie, TV, whatever it was, art, mm-hmm. you know, artist, street art, painter. Mate, I'm the biggest fan of this. I think it's so particularly social media but the way societies in general I, I know it sounds like I'm being all societies fuck but we're so driven towards only speaking about stuff when we're not happy with it only speaking about stuff to complain only saying yeah I got on this flight and it fuck and this and that it's like rather than again I years ago I'm kind of off off social media pretty much now but years ago I sw- I, d- I made a conscious decision to only talk about stuff I'm happy about and excited about and I want to r- rave about if there's if there's a film a TV show a person a human I've met just to go how great is this I want to tell you about this because it's like well otherwise I'm just pouring my misery out and yeah yeah so I completely connect on that I'm finding these things to say look at this everyone has a choice well that's why for me like I'm only on the on the Instagram mm. and I've only been on that for years and I use it somewhat as my it's definitely my creative outlet it allows me to be accountable to being creative and that could be just a poem or something or an image but the important part of it for me is to share something good that inspires me a lot so case in point I would boiling point I saw the film on a flight and I'd heard of it, but over in North America, it didn't have the big, like it did make an impact here, but, you know, it dropped like a kaboom in the UK. And I don't know how initially I heard about it on a flight watching it. And I mean, you know, when you're watching on a screen, you know, this big and it has an impact, you're like, fuck, this is good. Plus, huge fan of Stephen Graham, which today the BBC put something on Instagram and you read the interviews of each character And it's always interesting, isn't it? It's like, I didn't fucking say that. So everyone reads it and you either look like a fucking idiot or I'm like, you can't really complain about it, but you're like, it's amazing how they take a sentence or something you said and just go. Structure it into what they want it to say. So it's basically like, I love Stephen Graham, which I do, obviously. But they sort of created a story that was based on that, as opposed to the reality being I love Stephen Graham, like 
huge fan in Snowpiercer in Vancouver. You know, Goldberg and I binge, you know, again, we had days off. We sat through Stephen's show, limited series. Virtues. Thank you. Yes. Fucking amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, and I just sat there and we cried together. Like we just sat on the couch and binged it. But he's so brilliant. Um, So obviously like a huge fan of Stephen. But when I saw the film and just everything about it, loved. Mm -hmm. So posted a little boiling point. And this is where, again, the grind of what I still do every day, not every day, because some days I'm just sucking slough water and going, fuck all of this. It's never going to happen. <laughs> but on the day after I spin, yeah. we could do another <laughs> podcast of like pre-spinning, Stephen, where I just <laughs> yeah. complain and fucking angry yeah. and break things. But I, I posted with, you know, I saw Phillips on Instagram, tag him, probably tag Stephen, maybe Hannah at that time, whatever. But again, it was a, a thank you. It inspires me. I call it the, the golden carrot, mm. like these films, the triangle of sadness. Or inside Willem Dafoe. I don't know, whatever it is that that is my golden kid that I'm chasing for, right? That that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jez Butterworth Jerusalem. What play? It could be whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You're just like that. That is why I continue to do what I do, to hopefully have that opportunity to be in something like that that has that impact. So that's what it was. And then Philip, thank you, messaged me back. And those you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, wow, thanks. And then it usually begins with, and this has happened with some authors, like I said, Warren Ellis, it happened with the initial artists it's happened with. It's the, the initial sort of thing is usually like hand clap emoji, heart, hand clap. Then there's another message or you react to something else with maybe a couple words. That looks interesting and it grows. And so with Philip. Kind of just back and forth, you know, commenting on stories, but again, all with this love and appreciation and anything. If you ever do anything, I would love to be a part of your projects. And he says, Oh, I love your work, you too. And I'm always surprised. I'm like, you know, my work. Okay, cool. Wonderful. Thanks. Um, let's keep in touch. And some, and then it was announced it's going to be a BBC show. So then I messaged him, congratulations. Incredible. Joking said something about if you ever need a North American Bill the Butcher that gets locked in the freezer. I'm your man or some stupid quip, you know, trying to just engage with him. And then he said, uh, he kind of responded, sounds great. Ha ha ha. Cut to December, maybe get a, a WhatsApp or a the phone's going. And, I'm like, oh, that? and then a message, hey, it's Philip. Give me a call. Okay. Hey, we hadn't, I don't think we had chatted at all. It's just been messaging. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, Stephen and I were talking, Stephen Graham, and yeah, we have this character that I think would be really right for you. And would you be interested? Yep. So that's that's how it took place. That's how it all began. I it wasn't it. through anything. It seems when I do get the rare audition, I never book, which I don't know, maybe I'm a shit auditioner, but the organic nature of that and then showing up and... Obviously, it was going to be, I wasn't coming in until three, and it was going to be initially three, four, five, because it was mm-hmm. five episodes to start. And then with things changing, decided let's lock it down at four and make them powerful and people wanting more. So when I came in, it was, you know, Munya was directing the episodes I was in, three and four, and then Phil mm-hmm. was going to do five, the, the five. So Phil and I, well, we did some stuff. I think he did some of four, but we actually never got to to right. play together. Yeah, that's mad. But 
it was so beautiful. And, and the, you know, I'm so bummed I couldn't go over for the screening, even though I wasn't in one, just to support yeah. them because yeah. it meant so much to me. And I think it's, it's a great, it's almost like Frances McDormand once said when she was young, she wrote, you know, back in the letter writing days, she wrote to the directors she admired and wanted to work with. Like, just, I admire your work. I love your work, which included her husband. Um, and that's how she connected with some of these directors. So that's sort of what I did on the gram and it connected. And, and then a really beautiful experience. And I, and I loved it. You know, I love that group so much. And then obviously met you and, and another whole brotherhood. Mate, I, I love those organic moments. And to be completely honest, it's the one thing that keeps me in some way on Instagram because it's beautiful to have a platform to shout to the public about what you love, but also to shout to the people who've made it. Because I think it is important to hear that people are enjoying this, to hear, but particularly in the in this digital age where we'll binge a show, absolutely adore it, but then we'll, we'll be on to another sh- show next week. And that thing that really had a big impact on us, we've never told anyone of the impact it had. Like, we've never l- let those people know. So I love that just as an expression, but... Also exactly the same. I've had ones where I'm just sharing love and someone will reach out back and go, oh, cool, I'm a big fan. And it'll be like, oh, shit, how beautiful is this? How yeah. how, how great that you are even aware of me kind of thing. And those things won't and shouldn't always turn into opportunities, but they're relationships that have started and built. And it's that sharing of a mutual thing. So one day, the thing I love about this industry is I feel exactly the same as you. I don't feel I'm ever going to stop like hustling in this or feel like I'm hustling because I'm too excited about it. There's so much I want to do, but it's the first industry I've been in. And I've, I've mentioned this a few times where the idea of being a 50 year old rapper or a 60 year old rapper never really appealed to me when that was my line of business. The idea of being a 50 year old actor, a 60 year old actor, a 70 year old actor or writer or director, all of that's a buzz because every gig I've ever got, I've learned so much more. I've developed so much more. And it's such an excitement of, of what could, yeah, what is to come, you know? And the creative process never stops. You know, no. I mean, it never ends. It's a beautiful thing about it. And you just learn more and more. And I, Willem Dafoe was talking yesterday too about the, the, the process of acting. And he said, you know, it's, it's, there's a process for every project that's different. It should be. You should adapt your process to the project, which I mm. agree with. Like mm. each process is different. Boiling point was very improvisational, which I didn't realize. Mm. I'm very much, you know, I, I first and foremost respect the words that someone has written. My job is to communicate those words, not to change those words, not to make up my own words, to say the words that someone wrote. That's their job. My job is to communicate them in a way that communicates that story and that mm. character. But then when I learned that yeah, it's a blueprint, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, because I grew up in Calgary where Loose Moose Theater, and that's where Kids in the Hall began. Mm. And that's, you know, which is Second City Chicago and, you know, SCTV. And I grew up with the, that. And I did a lot of improv and I love improv. But I, then I worked on a lot of things that, you know, Walking Dead or these that are word perfect. Like mm-hmm. scripty is coming over to correct you flip two words around yeah, yeah, on yeah. page two of your know. monologue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, that's what's important? Fuck. Uh, okay. But it's also a challenge. It's like, okay. And you have to 
get your mind right to, okay, well, how do I incorporate this change into still remembering this and all of that? It's part of the challenge. It's part of the craft that I, that I love. Uh, not necessarily in the but, moment. But you're completely right about the process for each job because it's that exact process for Boiling Point that keeps that energy over from the film because people are stepping on each other's lines. People are arguing. It is, it's an intense kitchen. There's numerous moments where I'm like, I've watched the scene. I now need to see that script because I want to see how much of that was on the page and how much was just in the room because it's like, you can't have scripted that. They're going, they're, they're genuinely arguing, you know, and yeah. genuinely going at each other. And that's key to this project. It's not key to every project. It's not right for every project. But for a project like this, it's key to have that fluidity and that naturalness. And that's the process that is different. And, you know, it took me when I first got there, because also my character gets to speak French, which is I love. I mean, I lived in Paris for two years. I essentially learned my French in Paris. Mm. And I became quite, you know, fluent. 20 years in New York, I quickly lost it. but. Recently back in Paris, I can still communicate. So I was excited about that. But then with the, the improvisation of that, with Azuka, who I thought was French, but she's Scottish, <laughs> you know, is not yeah. French, not bilingual. We, we couldn't improvise as much in French because she couldn't understand any of my French yeah, improvisations. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had to switch to English somewhat. But all of that, it took me, it took me a couple, two days. I mean, everyone is so great, but everyone has worked with that in the film, right? The majority of them. So I stepped into it, first of all, having already worked on what I had, the material I was already given and sort of, you know, the the nervous first days of, am I going to be able to do this and all of that? And then, oh, blueprint. Oh, we can, okay. It took me a couple days because the process has to change. And so you adapt to the project and then it becomes fun but then it also with boiling point it's like we didn't have you know time to do training mm-hmm. you, you can watch shows you can i went to chefs in la but um, you know the joke i was always like my improvisational skills with cooking pretty tiny like i can't just riff <laughs> yeah. i can't riff on terminology or because i'm yeah. i haven't had that time to study in the of kitchen course, so of course that's why we relied on Ellis so much with, you know, setting up what we could do. Because mm. even the things, you know, since I'm working with Vinette, I'm the, you know, the sous chef, essentially, you know, right next to her. It became kind of this joke of after Ellis would show us, like, let's say we're we're usually at the, the, the last line, right? So everyone's prepping. We're there to kind of do the final. Ah, look at what we could do. But after that, after the that we were shown... That's the end of my improv. Like, I can't improvise making a beautiful dish. I can yeah. cook in real life. I can make yeah. stuff, but not the presentation that is supposed to be, yeah. you know, point point north. So it was generally a lot of, and then if the scene's still going because we're improvising, I'd sometimes literally just reverse it, like wipe it, wipe it, and then repeat it again. <laughs> so my improvising wasn't building. I would do it, erase it. Do it again. So I wasn't exactly uh, proud of my. It's like yeah, but sometimes Vinette and I would like look at each other and we're like, uh-huh. I don't know, just move. Let's move shit around. Clang something. Make some noise. Bing, bing, bong, bing, ah. Yell at mate, someone. Hey, is that was it, mate? I've I've worked in kitchens before. Only like Pizza Hut kitchens where 
I'm improvising, l- l- looking busy for hours on end. So, so that's <laughs> that's as real as you can get. I've that's definitely true. had them ones before. It's a quiet shift. You're like, I don't want to get sent home because I need to be paid, and I don't want to be, I don't want to get given a new job. So it's like I'll just keep doing this thing over and over again. I've I've done the forwards and backwards yeah. in real life many a time, my friend. So that's more accurate to a kitchen than you know. <laughs> my uh, my improvisational skills, I was just, and I won't share the full story because it's, my girl is tired of me sharing the story of why I was in this, but my improvisational skills in a bathroom, and it happen, happens all the time for some reason, in, uh, or it doesn't happen all the time in London. I'm not a public bathroom guy, but mm-hmm. for some reason, my improvisational skills going into a pub to use the bathroom, mm-hmm. I can't just go into a place and be like, hi, could I use your, uh, your loo? Or, you know, can I use your toilet? Whatever country I'm in. For some reason, and I was talking about this yesterday, the full story, I went into this pub. I had to use the bathroom in a hurry, say no more. I walk in and I have to do the whole, like, as if I know someone and I'm... Mate, I couldn't relate more. This is what I do every time. I spot the person I was looking for at the back. And and, because I'm I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the the same. same. It's it's my training in acting is exactly that, is walking into places and going... But... It kind what, of, like, do you know, course, do you know right. why you do that? I don't know why I do that. Just awkwardness. Yeah, not, not wanting to... And again, I'm out of there fucking quickly. As soon as I'm done, I'm like, yep, bye-bye. I've, I've, I've had oh, my performance. I don't say bye to my imaginary no, friend. No, no. I'm straight out of the door. The, <laughs> the performance was on the way in only. You don't get a performance on the way out. Just, just so walking out going, that wasn't who I thought it was. <laughs> just oh just continue God. the performance. Oh, that just thrills me to know Sorry. that you do that. Exactly. As soon as you started saying it, I was like, is it going to be pretending you're looking for someone and then saying it? Because that's, yeah, that's exactly me, my friend. Because I told that story the other day and everyone looking at me was just like, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? No, always done that. I love it. Well, normally I wrap things up at the hour, Mark, but this isn't a normal podcast. And I I need to note as well that... How are you going to slice this? This is the podcast for people that can't sleep. Put this on. I was going to say... We need to do this at least once a year now. I think this is going to have to be a regular, a regular catch up on. Uh, well, I was jealous podcast. listening to one of the podcasts and was like, "Steven's been on." Like when you name like the number of people that have been on three times, I think Steven's been on three times. I think Simon, uh, Simon, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg, yeah, yeah, he's, he's been, been on, on like sixteen times. <laughs> yeah, Tempest been, has been yeah. on twenty-one times. Yeah, Kay's Kay's been on as much as anyone, but yeah. But but before we do wrap this episode up, I need to talk to you a little bit about GTA because again, I yes. I love. There's so much in the film and TV world we could talk about, but I'm also like I'm a Twitch streamer. I'm a gamer nerd. I I I love games and and Trevor is such a an iconic character. And it's weird because I can't think of. I I think when we met, it was GTA. I f- first recognised you from and Westworld. And 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 Snowpiercer oh, yeah. and all these. So how how was that to work on? Well, the voice probably right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the the, the like I, I get a lot of. Again, I don't engage much on social media. I put stuff out, but I don't engage. But sometimes when I see stuff or I will look, and there's a lot of like I get a lot of comments of like because uh, I did a, a cameo, one of those like you can do cameos, mm-hmm, like hey, mm-hmm. happy birthday, Pip, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> And so I'd get a lot of like people wanting Trevor, like, mm. you know, can you curse at me? And which I'm like, yeah, hey, fuck you. Like, it's a weird position to be in. Like, I can mm. literally get angry at people and they're like, Ooh, this is the best. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I could spit on, I could do whatever. And people would find that enjoyable. But I think I did one cameo once of like talking about the, the guy or the, the person, whoever was asking for, it. it was just one of those, like you give an inch, you take a mile, whatever that mm-hmm. expression is. And so, and, and it was a lot of like, you're a cartoon and it's like, oh, I'm trying, I, I, can't, I can't physically be a cartoon character. Like it mm-hmm. is acting mm-hmm. and it was motion capture and I'm not precious. I'm like, I'm proud of the character. I think the characters wonder, I think had that been like an independent film, I say I probably would have been like competing with Tom Hardy for Bane and Batman, but yeah, it was never, yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't recognized so much as a performance, even though yeah. it was a motion capture. And that's why I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the game. I don't game. I, I've tried it. I've never played it through. I'm, I'm just not into it. It's not my yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I get it. And I get why it resonates with people. And I also think that that character is great. And it's the it of the game. I was proud of it. So I'm not tired of talking about it because of this one cameo thing that I did, people like, don't call him Trevor. He hates it. He's like, he hates Trevor. He hates being known as Trevor. He hates being, well, no. But if people are like saying you're a cartoon, I'm like, I'm not a cartoon. I can't be a cartoon. Look at me. I'm flesh. I'm flesh and bone. I think all these things, it's in the right way, isn't it? You're not going to be mind talking about it if it's being approached in in the right way. If someone is just, yeah. Yeah, if you're like Trevor or Simon calling me a character, I'm always like, well, Thank you, but my my name is Stephen. Like when people, hey, yo, Trevor, yo, Trevor. It just doesn't make. I don't get. I yeah. don't even understand that mentality of calling yeah. someone by their their character yeah, name because it's yeah, a character. But anyways, that aside, I I loved oh. it. And so like this whole thing of oh, Stephen hates being called Trevor. No, do whatever you want. I don't care. It's not my duck, not my bottle. And again, it's something I'm proud of. If I was embarrassed by it or if it was, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if it was sitting behind a mic, just doing the people call voice acting, whatever that is, because mm. acting is acting. But it might be one thing, but that character was great. What a yeah. fun character. And we had a great experience, you know, with Sean and Ned. And it's it was wonderful. And now there's like a 10th anniversary. And I know Sean and Ned are going to be doing like a tour thing. And this will be interesting, Pip. I'm curious. Let's keep our eyes peeled on this one. Because I was like, guys, I will totally join you. I'd love to. The three of us together. That's what, you know, people want to see the three of us. But I need to know where are we going? Like what I need this schedule or something. Yeah. I'm not being precious. Yeah, yeah, and also, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I don't want to fly an economy. I just don't. Like, what? I don't want to put myself through that experience if it's far. Like, nor should we have to. This is, again, what actors you work up towards. It's not about blue M&Ms in the dressing room. It's just about comfort, man. Mate, so, I'm six foot four. I understand this. Any trips to America and Canada and and with that project in Canada, it was like, well, if there hadn't been a pandemic, I would have had the option to fly home a certain amount of times in economy or be right, flown there two. in comfort on the way each way. And I was like, look, I'm massive. Like, I, I, If it's a choice between the two, I'll go with the... Flying comfort and not have a horrible time of it all, you know? Actors, again, this is part of the strike, although that could be a whole other podcast talking Mm -hmm. about that because I've got some real fun shit to say about that. But why do actors have to fight for this? Like production and the corpse up here making all the money, they're not going, hmm, should we be comfortable today? No, they're fucking comfortable. But as actors, we have to be like, "Um, is it okay if I get a dressing room that doesn't smell like the outhouse? Yeah. Is it okay yeah. if I have my own bathroom? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not crazy. Why are we fighting for that? Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, you've got the star in a triple banger. That's no problem, right? 
Yeah, it's weird on all these things. I think it's often, again, you have a period of, particularly coming from any working class kind of background, you have a period of not wanting to put anyone out or make any unreasonable requests. But there's a lot of requests that are perfectly reasonable and all it takes is one question. Yeah, sure. Like, again, Stevie has told me of this on one of his projects. He was working on some huge projects and there was one that it was overrunning and all this and that and he was having a rough time. And they're like, well, do you want us to get your family out? And he's like, oh, I can ask for that. He told me about that. You're one of the leads in this and we have overrun. It's not your fault. We can... We can do this. That's a perfectly reasonable request. It's it's unreasonable of us to expect you to just stay away from your family right. for this long and extended times. And all but that. that's so, like, I almost yeah. hate to applaud the production because it's common sense. But unfortunately, yeah. those instances are rare. And that's yeah. what, again, if you're being a diva or, or whatever, asking for, then fuck you anyways. But we know the system. We know there's money. And it's not unreasonable to just say, hey, I just want to be comfortable, man. And it's obviously the way you do it and the way you ask. Uh, We know all that. But it's like for these simple things, it's incredible how much we have to fight. Like we're dealing right now with we're owed money. We're in a strike right now. I won't get into this because I know we're at like... Mm. We're at two hours and 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> longest podcast in fucking history. But we're in this, this SAG after strike, right? There's no mm. negotiations on the table. We're still, uh, whatever. We're very far apart. Apparently. So a project I did, and a couple of friends were on it. We're, we're supposed to have received what is essentially residuals back in August, quarterly payments. And it's a, it's a, it's a good chunk. Like it it's, can be a life-changing chunk of money for certain people that need money now. Right mm. to to pay rent yeah. to to eat have, didn't receive it so the union our union that is striking over one of this being a big issue hands up sorry like sorry what we haven't been paid since August the producers can skip what do you mean the producers can skip skip a payment or are they just laid on it well in a year you can file a claim to get that money so I have to again wow. point being the actor has to fight to get money that. They've already done the job for. That they've earned, that's already agreed, yeah. So there's details that I don't know, which is why I can't like go, I can't speak a lot about it because I mm-hmm. don't know. I just know that there was a payment that was missed that our union, if they can't even protect and get us that, whatever we're fighting for now and striking on, mm. how's it going to change? Because even if you get a raise, if you can't get that raise without fighting for it every time, what's the point? Mm. So that's, mm. you know, again, we could go for an hour because that was a bit of this morning, a button for me. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I can imagine. Why are that. actors fighting? Yeah. We shouldn't fight so for so much. Anything that's just, again, reasonable, getting paid, be comfortable. Because I wish some of the people that were these precious ones, and we've all worked and been around mm-hmm. the precious ones, yeah. the precious few or whatever, is um, for them, I can be, but... For those of us that are literally sort of the blue collar actor or the the character actors, you know, grinding away, I don't know. It's not that much to ask for, and I wish those those at the top would just be a little more. But that, I mean, that's that's the artist life too, right? We're always yeah. And, and again, as tough as everything is, I think it's ex- these strikes have been really exciting. And again, they've been tough. Like I've I know I'm no longer represented in America because of these strikes. I've I've lost my representation. Like these strikes are affecting people in so many ways, but I fucking love seeing people take a stand for what they deserve and what they earn and what is fair and what is just. So it really excites me and it's been beautiful to see with these strikes that there is support from the very top to the very bottom. And again, like like 
seeing there's so few industries where we where you will see the biggest names in the industry have been out on that picket line, have been posting their support wherever they can, and supporting financially in places for the people at the bottom of that line. So yeah, yeah, it's a powerful thing to see. And who knows how it'll all land? Who knows if what is eventually agreed will be stuck to will be firm but i fucking love seeing people fight for what is is reasonable <laughs> i love people standing up for themselves as such and it's it's an important thing man it is an important thing and it's yeah it's a shame that we do have to fight just for something that's so basic yeah yeah <laughs> like and and again you know the union is made up of 90 percent not like that don't work yeah right like there's such a small percentage that work there's an even smaller percentage that makes that huge money which is, again, mis- the misunderstanding of actors is that we're all spoiled and rich. It's like, yeah. have, you, have you seen? Like, I've been blessed, man. I'm so grateful. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not living in a tent. Yeah. But at the same time, it's that, okay, 100 it's million here. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 10,000 here. It doesn't seem it, like it gets. It gets undeniable when you look at the percentages that people are asking for. That it's zero point zero one percent of Netflix's profit, or zero point like an increase of zero point zero four of Apple's or whoever else. It's like these are tiny percentages that will change people's lives. And yeah, yes, and all of the crew. Like this is you know they have lost mm-hmm. like the all of the 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 grip that like all of the people that are mm-hmm. employed. I know numerous huge projects who've just had to lay everyone off because there's just such a question mark over when people can can get back to work. And again, there will be people who listen going, fucking actors. No, this is electricians laid off, carpenters laid off, all sorts of people. One project that a friend of mine is on, 500 people have been laid off because this needs to be agreed and it's such a small thing for the studios to actually you know back down yeah. to but let's let's forget about all of that we've had such a positive <laughs> and glorious chat and suddenly We're both of us are going down a dark hole positive, right? yeah it's been such oh. a beautiful oh. positive chat so what have you got planned for the rest of the day man <laughs> to wrap things up i want to know what the rest of your day looks like and what you're you're doing well I think this guy there's a sleepy pooch right there this guy's got to go out again because we've got some vi- Oh, right. You know I'm talking about you. Because <laughs> some someone has uh, has been uh, been releasing some things. <laughs> so we'll... Speaking uh, the place out. <laughs> um, for the rest of the day, I'm actually meeting a, a friend that I uh, haven't seen. We're going to go to our, our local little watering hole, my home away from home. And before that period, I just can't wait to dig into a good, solid, probably hour and a half of reading. Love it. I'm into a book right now. I've gotten so so many good books lately. And we, I mean, we haven't even got into all of this because, you know, I, I, part of the grind is trying to develop things now. Like I mm-hmm. want, I've never got the rights to a book. Like I just read Stephen and Benjamin Myers. So Stephen and Hannah, I sort of got together with Benjamin Myers for mm-hmm. his, one of his newer books to, you know, develop that as a project. So I also selfishly want to be involved in projects. And so I'm trying to, I read so much, trying to, you know, get rights to it or find people to write the screenplay. Cause I'm not into mm-hmm. writing screenplays. I, I, I'm a, I'm a clanging monkey and I know what I can do and what I can't do, <laughs> but all of this, which we haven't even talked about, we can talk about it maybe personally once we're, yeah, because yeah, we yeah, don't, yeah. you know, the listeners are already like, <laughs> 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 um, 
but all of that stuff, like, so I'm, I'm reading this new book, which is Patrick DeWitt. And, and so I, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's what I'm going to do for a good two hours and then go meet my friend who is, we're working on a short film idea that I'm just like, let's just shoot. You know, it's a, it's just to do, to do something. Yeah. So that's that's my day. And you're probably going to bed soon? Yeah, not 30. far off. Oh, wait, not far off. It's it's I've got some 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 prep to do ahead of a podcast with Mr. Phil Phil Barantini. Oh, I miss him so much. Like I, I feel like we've literally just touched. And now, of course, and this is my thing, I never the force Buddhism. I don't miss things like when I'm gone. I I try not to miss my home or my dog mm-hmm. or my missus. Because I've lived with a lot of pain and missing yeah. absence of someone in my life. And when I'm home, like after the three months in Manchester, the day I got home, I spent two days missing home when I was here. If that makes yeah. any sense at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point being, seeing you and having this time together, now I miss you. Yeah. Does that, yeah. Does that, does that make sense? That, I mean, no, it's I like, completely understand. I completely understand that. It's those. Just like, oh, this is why I fell in love with him because he's this fucking wonderful human being. Yeah. It's like talking oh, about again, boiling point and Phil. I used to have that on tour all the time. On tour, I would have to lose myself in the tour and try and appreciate every every moment of it. You, you, you spoke about going places and me and my old tour manager, every time we'd get to a new city in Europe or America or wherever, we'd put an hour aside to go and find some water. So whether that's the beach or a lake or a river or a, or, or, or whatever it is, a waterfall, because that tends to be the place in every city or town that just, it does something to me. So it was our thing there. But part of that as well was making sure we're appreciating every moment, because if I start to get too hung up on being away from home or being away from loved ones or whatever else, then you're wasting the time of all of it. You're over there. Yeah. Yep, that's why the forced Buddhism, you don't always want to be right here because yeah. it right here is not always pleasant, but the pain of missing someone or the looking this way, forced Buddhism, just deal with the now. And again, I'm no expert in it. It's not always pleasant for me um, because of a mood or whatever, an emotion I'm experiencing, but here is where I need to be mm. in order to keep going forward, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, the forced Buddhism. And I feel so sort of selfish because I'm like, I didn't ask you. I know this is your show, but I'm like, there's so much I did want to talk to you about. It'll probably be texting you over the next couple of days. Like, oh, I forgot to say this and I forgot to tell you this. I will be texting that. And I said, I mean it, we're going to have multiple episodes of this because again, I feel I've got for a fraction of what I wanted to talk to you about, but they're the podcasts I love. I love it when I'm not looking at my notes and I'm not going. So like, like, you you may not know, but one of my favorite sh- sh- shows ever is The Tick. I don't know how often you get to talk about The Tick, but fuck me, did I adore that. Yes. Yes. I was watching it the other day because someone mentioned it. Yeah. And I was so bummed. Amazon dropped it just as they had picked up. They, the head of Amazon had moved. There was a new president or whatever. Yeah. The boys was, they, they got the boys. Mm. And they dropped the tick. And then no one wanted to pick the tick up. And I was so bummed because I thought it would have been a beautiful companion piece to yeah. the hyper, the boys for what it yeah. is. Yeah. And the tick is a very family-friendly, superhero, goofy. They're, like, it's fun. And I just Goofy's watched Goofy's the, the perfect day. term. It's so beautifully goofy. And Plastic Man, he yeah. was just like, and it was in New York. And we had so much fun. And we were all, again, a great group. 
But yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I literally, Sarah had never seen it either and we were watching it. And I love it. Yeah, we've, we've talked like this much of the business. So it's we'll sort of get like into this. that next time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's been oh, a joy to catch up with you. I've been looking f- forward to it all day, all week. So uh, yeah, please, we could get it in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's so good to see you. And like I say, now, I, now, I, now I'm going to miss you. I'm going to read, but now I'm going to be missing you and thinking about you because now you're, now you're sort of in my heart and mind space of, oh, it's so it's wonderful. So it's a beautiful I, I thing. thank you and I'll be messaging you. And then I'll figure out how to send this enormous file. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Or let's press stop <laughs> and then we can discuss the, the, the mechanics of it. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Stephen Ogg. And as you can see, as said, we're going to do loads more of these, I think. It seems inevitable, does it not? Surely, surely it's inevitable that we do a ridiculous amount more of those. I could talk to Stephen for ages. Hopefully we'll do one in person at some point, either when I'm out visiting LA or Stephen's over here. Um, and it's just been brought to my attention. It is, in fact, the 10-year anniversary. This is, this episode has been our 10-year anniversary episode. How mad is that? And we didn't start with Alan Moore. We started with episode two, Zane Lowe, and then episode three was Alan Moore. So, man, thank you all for 10 years. That's absolute madness. I'll be back n- next week to just keep this train chugging on. Amazing episode next week. A bit of a nostalgia here and a bit of a a nerd out so you can look forward to that this has been the distraction pieces podcast for 10 years so until next week stay safe and stay sane ta-ta